Hi, um, my name is Carol. I have a new life in Christ, and I am recovering from fear of rejection, people-pleasing, insecurities, all of these under the umbrella of pride. So um, love for you to bow your heads and pray with me. Father, thank you that this is your story. It is not my story. And Lord, I'm just putting it in your hand. You know how nervous I am right now. Um, Lord, I feel like I'm getting out here in my jammies and just letting it all hang out. But Lord, I know that um, you are the, your story is beautiful. And Lord, I, the love that I get from you um, is beyond any fear that I have. And I just thank you that um, you've brought me a pl- to a place where I can just really know that my Father loves me and that you are good. And Lord, you want to use me to speak truth to others. So I pray that uh, whether anybody really relates to my story, that they will hear um, your word that's shared tonight. And Lord, that um, you will just speak your truth through, through me in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Here we go. I don't know if it, okay. I'm going to share the scripture with you from Titus 3, 3 through 7. For I myself was once foolish, disobedient, led astray, a slave to various passions and pleasures, passing my days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating them back. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God my Savior appeared, he saved me, not because of any righteous things that I had done, but because his own mercy, his washing and regenerating and renewing me by his Holy Spirit, whom he poured out in me richly through Jesus Christ my Savior, so that being justified by his grace, I might become an heir because of the hope of eternal life. That's kind of my own personal version, but it's Titus 3, 3 through 7. Um, If only the washing and regeneration was as instantaneous as salvation was when I first put my trust in Christ. But the process of his work on my heart has made me love my heavenly Father and Savior more and more each day. I grew up knowing God and was aware of his presence and even believed that he loved me. I went to church every Sunday with my parents and two brothers, one older and one younger, and was very much a daddy's girl. On the last day of second grade, I remember walking home and my mom ushered me and my two brothers into a packed car and we drove away from our house. We drove away from my home, my family, my daddy. The word divorce was introduced into my vocabulary, and about a year later, I learned what having a stepbrother, stepsister, and stepfather meant. My mom remarried, and my dad legally gave me and my two brothers up to be adopted by our stepfather. I interpreted this as he didn't want to be my daddy anymore. Uh, My new father is the one who introduced me to Christ and the gospel. By age 12, I put my trust in Jesus as the one who died on the cross, taking the punishment for everything I had ever done or will do that separated me from him, from all my sins. I trusted in God's acceptance of me and knew nothing would separate me from his love. Um, Romans 8, 38 through 39. But I wanted to be accepted by others as well, and I feared being rejected. I had friends, but not close friends, and my, my family life was an absolute mess. I didn't want to be vulnerable with anyone, so I never really allowed anyone to see the real me. 
I guarded myself behind a wall that I built so no one would know the girl who was always comparing herself to others around her and thinking about who she needed to be in order to be accepted. What's really sad is that while I am writing this uh, testimony of God's work in my life, I have the thought just hovering over my brain that my testimony is not a great story uh, because I don't have an obvious sin as part of my story, Um, nothing too huge or out of the ordinary, and yet my sin, my fear, has done just as much damage, even if even if no one else can see it. I went to a Christian university that my parents really wanted me to go to and ended up in a physical relationship with my boyfriend, which I justified that as, hey, as long as we stopped before going all the way, I was still a virgin and everything was still good. I did feel guilt and shame, but as long as no one could see the real me and what I was doing, then all was good. And I knew that God would always forgive me. I am convinced now that um, any level of sexual activity outside of marriage is purely selfish and is not honoring to God. I was never thinking of my boyfriend and how I was affecting his new relationship with Christ, but only how I could be satisfied and manage what others thought of me. My, only re- my own relationship with the Lord um, was suffering, and I felt far from him. I would be remorseful, repent, and have a long period of honoring God in our relationship and then fall right back into the same pattern. I didn't confess this to anyone and tried hard to make sure no one discovered our secret. After marrying my college boyfriend, I continued to live behind my walls of self-protection. There are only two people that I would ever allow entrance inside the walls with me, my husband and my mom. We went to a church where I learned to study God's Word, and He showed me wonderful things about Himself, and my faith in Him began to grow. I still wanted to manage what others saw in me and didn't confess to anyone that we were swimming in $40,000 in credit card debt. Um, And even swimming in that credit card debt and and feeling the pressure of it, I still um, went on the phone. We didn't have online back in these days spent $500 on a program to get help for our marriage. Um, I couldn't ask anyone else for help because then they would know that I was broken and then I wouldn't be accepted. When my mom died of cancer, my faith was challenged and for the first time I felt like God was not hearing my prayers. Around the same time, a friend of mine was killed in a car accident and then um, I got pregnant with triplets and lost all of them. For the first time in my life, I doubted God's existence, but instead of seeking help from others, I isolated. My husband and I changed churches and went to a place where we could uh, live in our isolation, but God didn't let me isolate from Him. One Sunday during a sermon, the preacher said that the most read verse in the Bible was Genesis 1-1, because that's where everyone starts when they start to read the Bible. Um, I took this as a personal challenge and committed to read God's Word all the way through, and I bought a one-year Bible. God used this time in His Word to sustain me and show me that He really is real and that He can be trusted. After a few years at our Church of Isolation, we decided to visit Watermark. I loved how they not only taught the Word, but they also applied it. I was amazed at the level of authenticity that people shared and began to let my guard down just a little bit. I still managed what I shared and sometimes put a spin on the truth 
In other words, I would flat out lie, um, still not wanting to risk being rejected. There were times that even the way I parented would be sacrificed on the altar of my self-protection as I disciplined my little ones to get them to behave a certain way instead of shepherding their hearts to follow Christ. This is probably the most devastating area for me because raising my kids to follow Christ, I believe, was my highest calling. Sorry, I didn't know I was going to do this. Um, and something I thought I could get right. When my youngest was a junior in high school and the only one of four kids living at home, she announced on Twitter that she was gay. I'm sure one of my initial thoughts was, what will people think of us now? But I can honestly say, I didn't really care that much about what others thought um, about me or my daughter. I cared what she was believing. That was almost four years ago. And it has been an up and down journey with her. It's brought both of us closer to Christ. It's a great story, but it is hers to tell. Uh, God did use it to start showing me that he is faithful. Even when my walls are penetrated and I am exposed. I may need a tissue. <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. That's my husband. <laughs> Um, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, and great is his faithfulness. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. God, God used my, journey, my daughter's journey to get me to regeneration. Until this time, I didn't think I needed it. And really, the only reason I committed to go was because a friend told me that I should in order to get to the root of my insecurities. She could see that these insecurities were keeping me from engaging well with others, especially women, which I was leading around here, so that could be a problem. Um, I felt like I already knew the answer to the root cause. It was because of all the rejection I'd experienced in my life. But I did not go, but I, but I did go, and God started right away working on my heart. I spent four months in groundwork, which was awkward and yet amazing. So um, if you are going through groundwork right now, I'm sorry guys, I know this is really gross. <laughs> if you are stuck in groundwork right now, um, I just want to encourage you to hang in there. It does come to an end and it is worth the wait and worth yielding to the process. One of the questions I had to answer in groundwork, uh, the groundwork book was, how do you treat people who reject you? Easy enough, I reject them back. The follow-up question was, how did Jesus treat people who rejected him? This question had a huge impact on me as I thought of the treatment Jesus endured from those who rejected him. Even as they were killing him on the cross, he prayed for them that God would forgive them because they didn't know what they were doing. This made me ask God, what am I doing? What have I done? Jesus willingly went to the cross for people who rejected him. 
the only way I was going to be able to change my attitude toward people whom I felt rejected by was with help, with his help. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. His work on my heart continued as I journeyed through each of the steps. There were new levels of trust that God wanted to get me to. And in the process, he made me fall more and more in love with him. I decided in the first steps to surrender to him throughout all the steps and let him do the work that I was unable to do. During inventory, I was able to grieve things that had happened decades before that were suppressed and never dealt with because that's just what my family did. We got on with life and denied the pain. Allowing myself to grieve and not fight back the emotions was very healing. I felt good to have, it felt good to have the emotions and not feel guilty about it. I found I was writing things in my inventory that I had never before spoken out loud or even prayed about. Then came the day I confessed my inventory to my mentor and the two women I'm in community with. There it was. All the ugliness I had kept behind my wall of protection was now exposed. Feelings of shame and guilt never came. Instead, I felt loved, unconditionally loved. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. 1 John 4, 18. As I moved through the next few steps, I discovered that my insecurities were not because of rejection I had endured from others. They were a result of me not trusting God. I was idolizing myself and built walls of self-protection because I did not trust God to either protect me or get me through the battles that come from living in a broken world filled with broken and hurt people. In step six, repentance, God opened my eyes to show me not my brokenness, but how my lack of trust grieved him. I learned the difference between having worldly grief over my sin and a godly grief of answering the, by answering these questions. Was I in recovery to regain control of my life? <laughs> Fix the walls, in other words? Or just surrender control to God, perhaps tear down the walls? Do I just want to get rid of guilt and shame? Or was I willing to live righteously by God's strength? Was I, not, was I just wanting to be free of my insecure thoughts? <laughs> Or was I willing to remain steadfast even when tested? And I am tested. Did I want God to fix my circumstances? Or was I willing to change my desires to run and hide behind a wall and instead become vulnerable with his help and his guidance? My first test on this new level of trust came August 2018. I drove down to Houston with my husband and two youngest daughters to make amends with my biological father. He reached out to me several times over four decades, and each time I shut him out. He had rejected me, and I in turn rejected him. I wrote him a letter that I was going to read to him because words tend to fail me, but God took over my mouth and I was able to share all that I believe God wanted me to share with him and ask for forgiveness for rejecting him for so many years. I was able to share the gospel with him, not just for salvation, but also the renewing work that God has done in my life because of the gospel. Our relationship now is at best awkward, but after almost 50 years, we have a relationship. 
There are other relationships that God and I are still working on. Making amends with others has been more of a process, as some are easier than others. My blood pressure still goes up with each of these conversations. But when my focus is on Him and trusting Him, how can I resist? The outcomes of these conversations are not always predictable, which is the contributing factor to my anxiety. But I humble myself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, He may exalt me. I cast all my anxieties on Him because He cares for me. 1 Peter 5, 6-7, again, my personal version. I get tested regularly on trusting God. The repentance plan that my mentors and my mentor and I and my community group ladies helped me put together um, has helped tremendously. It's basically just texting or calling one of them when the thoughts or feelings start. This helps tremendously. When I blow it and there are times the fear gets the best of me, I'm for the most part quick to confess it and ask for forgiveness. Living in community... <laughs> excuse me, living in a community with people who love and want to follow Jesus uh, and daily spend time with him has made living in the light seem almost easy. When they correct me or even just poke their nose in my business, I know it's because they love me. Plus, I get to do the same for them. Whenever I fear what their reactions might be to me confessing or confronting them, I have to remind myself that they love the Lord as I do and are bonded, and we are bonded by His perfect love. I wish I could say I was living free of fear and that I trust God in every relationship, but I still have people in my life that I am working toward. My stepsister is one that I was not sure how to go about making amends. Her life has been marked with chaos, and I have chosen to run from that chaos. In July of this year, she decided to remove herself from the chaos as well and took her own life. The words, if only I, are never far from my mind when I think of her. It is only God who could, who could have gotten through to her. Um, the way I've seen God work <clears throat> at work in this situation, though, is this, is that I have had, to, I've had other conversations with other family members and it has made me want to proceed with amends and move toward reconciliation. Oh, let's see. One of my brothers who put his trust in Jesus years ago, but has moved away from, <clears throat> from, from, moved away from instead of toward God, had lunch with me the other day. I don't know how we got on the subject, but I found myself taking him through the steps of regeneration and what Jesus' work on the cross actually did for me and setting me free from bondage to fear. We shared things with each other that day that we have never shared before. And we both cried over decisions that we both made and how it affected our lives and others' lives as well. I pray he comes to recovery and surrenders himself to the loving, working hands of God, our Savior. For me now, <clears throat> I get to lead in region, which is basically asking others to follow me as I follow Christ. My first group to co-lead is commencing tonight. <laughs> Yay. Um, as I have journeyed with these ladies through the 12 steps, God has continued to work on my heart, bringing me to new levels of trusting Him. We've had conflict in our group, confrontations, confusion with communications, all the things that being in relationship with another human being brings, and yet 
We are crossing the finish line together as one. I have learned that if I really want to grow in Christ, I can't run away from others and isolate from them. How can I practice the one, of, the one another's of Scripture if I don't have another to practice them on? And when I say the, the one another's, it's love one another, welcome one another, comfort one another, live in peace with one another, forgive one another, bear with one another. And the list goes on and on, but they're all from Scripture. You can Google it. Look it up, one another's of Scripture. Um, <clears throat> I still hate rejection, but with God's help, I don't live in fear of it anymore. And because of that, he has made my relationship with others so much more sweeter and real. He gave me an example of how to love perfectly when he gave his life on the cross. Now he is helping me to love others perfectly and without fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. 1 John 4:18. As you can see, the story is not finished and God is still working on me. His work is not complete. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in me will bring it to completion on, at that day of Jesus Christ, Philippians 1.6. Again, my personal version. If I can encourage you with one thing tonight, it would be to hang in there and take each step of the journey as it comes. No matter how far you feel from God, he wants to bring you near to him. Yield to the process. It is so worth it. My name is Carol, and because of God's loving kindness toward me, I am learning to trust him in my relationships with others and not build or hide behind walls of self-protection.